<laughs> What's up, man? Living the dream. We'll just start the conversation yeah. over again. Okay, We've been talking perfect. for about 20 minutes, and yeah. now we'll just, uh, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Life's good. Yeah. Life's good. So, uh, um, I've been wanting to get you in here for a while because you do a lot of stuff that I uh, am very interested in. And then you came through with Flying Colors. Uh, well, yeah. What do they call this thing? Uh, well, I mean, technically it's an antler, but yeah, yeah, it is. it's it's called a shed. A like shed. They they shed them every year, so that's just kind of like lose the whole thing. For it. Yeah, like do that. they really? Yeah, just they just fall off. So did you get this from like one that you you tackled or just no. found it? <laughs> no, you just find them. I don't know how to like delicately say it. Oh no no, no. butchered yeah. one. <laughs> nope. No, uh, it's, it's it's kind of a trip. A lot of people don't know, but they, yeah, every year they just fall off because it's made out of the same stuff that hair's made out of. So oh. basically, they grow every year in the spring. So like right now, they they fell off in like February, and then they start to grow again, and then next February they fall off again. So like right now they're they're like what's called in velvet, so they look fuzzy. I don't know if you've ever seen. Them. Oh yeah, like I have. A deer in the yeah, just summer, like kind of two little knobs on them. Yeah, and so yeah. that's when it's just starting, and then once it reaches its fully grown phase then they'll like rub all that velvet off and it's actually all vascular so there's four major veins that run up each side of the antler and they'll Let's get that closer to you there. oh gotcha sorry damn i'm already one of those guys no 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 i won't hear it too many people calling a bitch <laughs> perfect <laughs> at least uh, they're listening yeah no so anyways the once they grow all the way they scrape all that velvet off and then you have a normal looking antler and then it falls on the ground this one's a couple years old um because it's all sun bleached and stuff so when they first fall off they're still brown and oh um I had no idea they lose those things. Yeah, yeah. So they fall off every year. Is that you says a lot of people feel that way? You're just making me feel good. <laughs> no, seriously, a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people think like when they see people with a bunch of antlers that they just found in the hills or whatever, like, oh man, they fucking just massacred all those critters. <laughs> um, or I, like, even, I just figured, yeah, that yeah, they even guys I work with, yeah, even guys I work with, they're like, you're doing what? I'm like, oh, I'm going shed hunting, and they're like the fuck does that mean um, but it just basically means me wandering around in the hills every spring and looking for these because a they fall off in the spring so there's more of them around and b the grass hasn't grown yet and it's all it's all been pushed down by the snow so they're easier to oh, see oh okay there you go so, so you've done this a few times yeah yeah sarah's uh she's always telling me like colin we don't need any more sheds in this house <laughs> you have a bunch of them yeah yeah here actually i'll show you a picture of the uh and i don't know if this is good podcast ah, who cares we do what we want. But, yeah, I was only out there for a couple of days. Um, I just got back on, what is today? I got back on Monday. I was out there just Friday to Monday, so I found all those guys. Just in this one? Yeah. How long were you gone? Uh, three days-ish. I, one, only one full day of hiking. Which one? Is is this one in there? Yeah, yeah. That like one, how, what's? That one is this one right here. Oh, wow. So you got some that are huge. Yeah, those are for milk. Oh, okay. And what's, this is off a of deer? Yeah. What kind of deer? Uh, mule deer. So those, deer. Are, those are the two elk ones that are. Holy shit. Those things are like six feet tall. Maybe five. Five feet yeah. tall. <laughs> Come on, man. Embellish a little. Uh, but wow. yeah. Anyways, so that's that's the scoop with that. I go do this all the time. Like just hike behind the house, look for them. You know, hike. Just take a day hike and look for them. Yeah. Every time I'm hunting, I'm looking for them. It's, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, anyways, I have no idea. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, thank you very much. This is a great addition. I was like, is this for me? And you're like, yeah, I don't know much about podcasting, but every guest on Joe Rogan seems to bring him a, a, a yep. gift. So this can be a thing, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. There you um, go. We'll just get a bunch of clutter in yeah. a couple of years. Yeah, Joel keeps bringing me like 160-page unclassified documents of uh, military stuff. Sweet. I'm like, all right, I'll just keep this over here. <laughs> can you bring me the cliff notes, man? Come on. <laughs> Pretty much, dude. Summarize this, please. Dude, he, when he came in, it was so funny. Did you listen to that yeah. one? Yeah. Uh, what a great podcast i can't wait to get him back in again because he's yeah just, that was he's, cool. he's like he's a brilliant dude mm -hmm. and uh yeah when he brought it or he he sent me that in an email and i opened it up and i was like 160 <laughs> fucking pages dude what the Am fuck he's like read hey read this up and we could kind of talk about it a little bit and i was like okay oh that's so funny and then i like i bought i like bought an app to read it to me so i'm like listening to it in, oh, in cool. the, as i'm driving i'm like listening to it and um, I still didn't pick up a whole lot of it. I like picked out a couple of things. Yeah, he's better explaining it anyway. So, um, but yeah, this is great. I really appreciate it. Um, so, do, so you said uh, what, what were the big ones off of? An elk. An elk. So, yeah. uh, so it, is anything with antlers? Do they all shed these? Like elk, yeah. moose. Mm -hmm. What's the plural for moose? 
I don't know. I think it's just me. You don't know? <laughs> oh, I <laughs> thought I was going to sound like an idiot for asking that. One of the great unanswered questions. Right? Is it really? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> Well, it knows. is now. <laughs> um, no, I'm pretty sure it's just moose. But I thought yeah, it was too. Uh, any, basically, any ungulates, which is the classification that they all fall into. Okay. So, like a ram, those have horns. Yeah. So, horns don't fall off, but antlers ah, do. Interesting. So, learn something new every day. <laughs> that's awesome. See, that's why I wanted you on. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. I really appreciate it. This is, uh, man. Yeah, I've been, um, I've always kind of thought, like, if I'm going to continue eating, like, meat and stuff, I kind of want to go out and, like, earn it. Yeah, you know? of course. Um, like I try to buy from butchers and, you know, I don't want to do like the whole factory farming type stuff or for one, I, I don't believe in cruelty to animals. And right. two, it's like, you know, it's just not good for you from what I understand. A lot of preservative, not preservatives, right. um, uh, growth hormones, um, uh, they don't feed them right. What do you know much about that stuff about like what they feed cows in, in factory farms? And I mean, not really, not nothing outside of, you know, generalities. Yeah. Like- you know, of course, if you go hunting and, you know, you kill a deer or an elk or whatever, you're just going to get a lot less of whatever bad shit they're inevitably feeding them, you know. Yeah. Because in this day and age, everybody's just out to maximize their profits. So. Yeah. I didn't even realize, like, um, I just saw, like, you know, grass-fed beef. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, what's what what does grass-fed mean? And then I kind of, like, learned more about it. I'm like, this is what they're supposed to be eating, but they don't always feed them grass. They feed them, oh. like, grain and corn and shit. Huh. And, uh, yeah, there's a couple documentaries I watched on that shit, and it was like, it definitely turned me into the type of consumer I am now, where I, I usually don't buy from big grocery stores when it comes to beef, at least. Oh, nice. Um, just because it's fucking gross to me. Right. It's really, like, after watching that shit, it'll definitely make your stomach <laughs> turn. Yeah. So, uh, no, I guess, I guess I've never really looked into the specifics. Like, I just, you know, it, I don't look into I've specifics been hunting, for anything. I've been it's, hunting for years, and I I know it's way better for you, and that's yeah, fine. that's about all I know. When like so, you said you've been hunting for years. Like, did you like with yeah, dad took you when you were mm-hmm. a kid? Yeah. What yeah. like uh, do you have like a favorite like kind of hunt you do? Mm, that's hard, man. Like, it's all it's all different. Um, you know, for those listeners that maybe don't totally understand the hunting thing here in Nevada, we have a lottery system some other states you can buy over the counter tags and they also have like a lottery system for some of their premium hunting units. And that means like they only can, they'll select your name out of a, correct out of a database. Yep. Yeah. So okay. like, you know, a thousand people put in for this type of tag and we've got 15 of them. So we, you know, is it really that small of an amount? Yeah. Some of them. I mean, it, it just depends on like the areas you're putting in for here in Nevada. Yeah. It, there's no over the counter. It's all lottery. So you buy your hunting license, which is your, permission to hunt basically and then you can apply for different tags um so like for example last year i drew a deer tag an elk tag and an antelope tag which is like unheard of you know not not a lot of people can draw a ton of tags like that a year because you know it's all chance it's all just luck that's why you put in for so many yeah but you can improve your odds by like selecting the units with less hunters and more animals of course which tend to be the units farther away and like you know on the utah and idaho border and stuff okay um, like these units around here, like Mount Rose tag are highly coveted because there's, it's so close so that you get a million people putting in for it. And geographically it's a smaller area. So there's less animals in it. And a lot of people close to here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, what do they hunt up there? Just deer up there. Okay. Yeah. But like, there's some closer units that have antelope in them. The elk are all pretty far away. Um, you know, those are mostly like out of Ely, which is closer to the Utah border and up North, like out of the town of Jarbage and. A couple elk north of Winnemucca. Basically, far, though, huh? yeah, if you draw an outline of the state, it's like all on the outside for the most part. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Do you ever do like out of state stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hunt in Idaho too with my dad. I've done that for three years in a row now. What do you go out there for? Elk. Elk. Mm-hmm. Then that's a good spot for him. I forget my sister's husband takes her, took her out, I think a couple of times now, but it's like a big family thing that they do every year. Oh, cool. Do they... Montana, maybe? Yeah. Something nice. like that, but it's I think it's for elk. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. And yeah. like those states, Montana, Idaho, Oregon, with the higher animal populations, they all offer over-the-counter options. So, oh, really? Yeah. Even for elk? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. But it's way more expensive. Um, so like... To for, buy a tag? Correct. Okay. So for like an out-of-state guy like me, basically for the hunting license and the tag is about $1,000. You have to get a separate license for the state? Yeah, correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like you buy your you buy your right to hunt here in Nevada and you got to buy your right to hunt there in Idaho. Um, 
so yeah anyways i've been hunting up there the last three years in a row one of which was a rifle tag two of which were archery tags um any luck one out of three. Oh, really? That, from what <laughs> yeah. I understand, it's not too bad. Yeah, same with my dad, too. We, oh, we both okay. shot an archery elk. Um, same year? The year before last, yeah. Both both in the same year? Correct. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, last year we both got skunked. There, Last year was kind of weird because there was a big, giant fire in our hunting unit, and it, they shut down like 100,000 acres. Oh, my. And uh, I was like, you know, contemplating like, well, what if we just go in there? And my dad's like, well... We should probably call him first and like see what the scoop is. So I called him. I'm like, "What happens if we just go in the hunting area that you closed off?" They're like, "Well, it's a five thousand dollar fine, and we'll take all your shit." I'm like, Ooh, maybe we should. Yeah, <laughs> maybe next <laughs> Never year. Never mind. We'll follow the rules. Yeah, thanks really. For, thanks for the info. Bye. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, we we kind of got skunked last year, but um, I took a shot at a really big bull, and uh, just archery is is so hard, man. Like, you can get up close and be doing everything right and then there's just kind of you know this little factor at the end and it just changes everything like yeah this bull is so let me just circle all the way back to what's your favorite kind of hunt um archery elk hunting is really cool because you get them in the rut and so like that means they're they're trying to mate so the big bulls like if you ever watch a scary movie they all play elk rut sounds as like the the scary critter sound in the woods like really like the oh they're like almost like screams right yeah yeah that's an elk um and so it's hilarious like i'll be watching a scary movie and i'll be like of course they're playing elk sounds and it's like the setting is in like i don't know january and i'm like they're not running right now and also it's an elk it's not scary yeah but anyways so archery elk hunting you can get them in the rut and so they're making those sounds and running around like crazy trying to mate chasing off the littler bulls so like the strategy is you can go in there and make elk sounds and they can come and try and fight you or like you're talking to each other kind of thing and Um, they'll communicate with you back and forth yeah so the bull elk that my dad shot two years ago now um i was bugling to the elk and the elk was bugling to my dad and he would like be able to triangulate him in the woods and he'd like you know get a little bit closer a few minutes later i'd bugle again and the elk would bugle back to me and he was just losing his shit, just like, like getting pissed. Yeah, because he was thinking that I'm a, another bull elk in his area trying oh. to steal his ladies. Do you use a like a? What do you use to bugle? Yeah, you, yeah. You use like an actual instrument to do that. Yeah, damn, I should have brought one. I'll have oh, to bring yeah. one next time. Yeah, um, I usually have them in my truck, but I've taken really? them all out. Yeah, <laughs> um, this drives Sarah crazy. I'll bugle in the house, bugle at the dog. <laughs> um, but no, anyways, it's like a. There's a couple different kinds that you can have, but the kind that we use is like a, like a little piece of plastic with a, I don't know, like a thin membrane on it. It's about this big. You can just put the whole thing in your mouth so you can hike around whatever. And if you need to like, you can make all kinds of animal sounds on them. You can make a cow call, you can make a bugle, you can do all kinds of stuff. Really? But if you match it up with a bugle tube, so it's like, it's like a tube that's this big and you know, it just helps you reverberate the sound and direct it. Yeah. But um, anyways, you can make all kinds of sounds. You can make a cow call sound, which is more of like a, Oh, and so a like, cow, like a female. Yeah, like okay. a like. Sorry, not like, like a, a moo. Not like <laughs> a cattle sound. <laughs> I'm pretty good. At um, but uh, yeah, so like you can just keep it in your mouth. So if you end up like you know tromping through the woods and you scare out an elk, the elk oftentimes don't know what you are, and so you can make a cow sound, cow call, and they they stop and they're like, wait, was that a person or was that a was that a lady elk? Um, are they pretty clever? Yeah, they're pretty smart. Yeah, pretty smart. But I don't know. Anyways, so. You can hunt elk in the rut in Idaho with a bow. And so that that is kind of like one of our favorite things to do. Okay. Because you can talk to them and communicate and all that. That sounds like a blast. Yeah, it's super fun. Like the elk that I missed this year was, or I guess it's last year now, he was the herd bull. So there was, we drove in in the middle of the night because they bugle a lot at night. So we were like, we ended up in the middle of all these elk bugling. Like there's a bugle over here. There's a bugle over here, 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 all around us. And my dad and I and my brother was there too. We just look at each other like, what do we do? Like, Where do we, we don't, start? We don't usually have this many options. Yeah. Like normally there's one elk bugling and you just go after them. But in this case, there was like, I don't know, between five and 10 bull elk all around us. And when you can hear them bugling, you're within about a hundred yards. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, the sound actually doesn't carry as far as you would think, especially oh, in the like woods. A mile or something. Yeah, no, like you're like, we are in the middle of a ton of elk. And so one of those bull elk, 
will control all of the female bull elk in the area. And so like in that case, most likely there was a single bull elk. He had all the cow elk with him. And then there was about nine other what they call satellite bulls, which are immature bulls. And they're just trying to get close to the herd and peel off one or two cows for their little harem because they know they can't compete with the big bull. Oh, okay. So my dad went after one elk. I went after another elk and I just so happened to go after the herd bull. So like literally I'm like running up this hill I see a small bull step out in front of me and I have him at full draw, like dead to rights, broadside. He's stopped. I'm stopped. I'm like, I could shoot this little guy. I could just shoot this little guy and be done. And by this time we've been hunting for like a while, you know, at least a week. Um, Oh shit. I thought you were going to say like 12 hours or something. No, no. A week. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't take it. I know. And I'm like, but but I, but I knew that that big bull was right there, like a couple hundred yards away. And so I'm like, fuck it. I'm going after the big one. So, you know, I let down on my bow and, I can hear him bugling, and I'm like, I know there's other elk in here. I just got to try and get in as fast as I can. So hey, have I'm, you seen him at this point? No, I haven't seen him. him. I just you know he's the biggest one yeah. from the sound he makes. Yeah, and so I, I ended up, like, running in and quietly, as quietly as I can, running in, and there's fucking elk getting up all around me, these cow elk, but I can hear him in front of me, and he's starting to, like, you know, like, where are you Where are you guys going? Like, come back. I just got you all <laughs> rounded up. And so I ended up taking, like, a 40-yard shot. But he was on one side of a bush, like it was like me, the bush, and the elk. And I could see him facing uphill, and I had a shot if he went uphill. But if he turned around and went down and followed the herd, I had no shot. So I ended up taking a shot. I'm like, God, there's just like a, like a little tiny bit of bush in the way, but it like looked super light. And I'm like, he's immediately on the other side of the bush. It's not going to matter. And I, the bush must have deflected my arrow because he fucking took off, bugled all the way up the next mountain. Never found any blood, Damn. nothing. But then you end up having to, like, you're looking around because you have to do your due diligence. You know, you're, like, looking around for your arrow. You're looking around for blood. You're trying to track him. You track all the way down where they went, seeing if he started bleeding later. And, you know, he Dude. never he never had any blood. And we ended up going back the next day, and I heard him in that area, too. So, uh, um, No, you didn't get him. And yeah. If, did you ever find your arrow? No, no. Really? And that's, Is that common? You let one go, it's kind of yes if you miss. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. They they can go a long ways. I found one of my arrows once where I missed just like target practicing, just because I'm like I'm bound and determined to find this damn arrow. And that was in Nevada, so there's a lot less bushes and stuff to hide it. Yeah, and it was like a quarter mile away. It was crazy. Holy shit! Yeah, I was like, like you're looking back, you're like, how far did this dang thing go? Like, so I don't know. That's insane. It's it's pretty tough to find. I think that's something I underestimate. I think a lot of people do is like how fast and far those arrows can go. Right. And yeah, and I mean they can hit an object and deflect, and probably that one that was a quarter mile, it probably deflected off the ground a little bit, did some skipping, but you know they can hit a, you know you're looking for it over here where you shot, and it could easily be over here because it hit a branch, and, oh. you know went that way or went this way. Well, they, so they're kind of like a bullet in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. You know they have a little bit more mass to them, yeah. so they're less likely to do so. But I mean, if you just imagine like if you just barely hit a branch, like it could totally turn the trajectory of that yeah so man yeah a lot of stuff i didn't know about <laughs> yeah but it but sounds like uh definitely a uh something you got to be good at <laughs> before you it's go fun yeah been out a few times before you start going and trying to do that huh yeah it's fun but i don't know my other favorite kind of hunting is archery mule deer hunting here in nevada is super fun super fun because where do ha- you do that at uh typically i go north of winnemucca but um, okay so not terribly far yeah probably i don't know three-ish hours to get to camp from here maybe three and a half you say camp and you guys got like a setup there or just where we where we typically where you actually go yeah and you've been there a bunch of times Mm -hmm. yeah wow i gotta get into this man i I, it's fun i i just don't know like i'm like i growing up where i grew up it's like you know not a lot of i (laughs) mean actually a lot of people did do that but not a lot of people that i was close with or knew or was like firsthand friends with you know what i mean uh, it's just completely different living up here you know everybody's like a little, everyone's oh, yeah. like my dad and his friends <laughs> you know like my dad and his friends were all like they you know they're they're hunters they go camping they're outdoorsmen they could fix anything and uh um so yeah when i moved up here it's like oh shit i found my dad's buddies you That's know so, so yeah um but uh yeah i've i've always i've always had especially like i said after um like watching a few documentaries and actually learning a little bit more about how all of that shit works and um 
not to sound like a hippie about it, but the cruelty really bugs me. It's like, Jesus. Right. I mean, everyone's seen those videos of them getting knocked over with forklifts and shit. And, right. But, uh, but it's a little hard to go hunt a cow, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm well, pretty sure it's illegal. It's definitely illegal. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we're fortunate to have the option to do it here in Nevada and yeah. living in the West and stuff. But the reality is, is it's just not that accessible for most people. Like, yeah, that's it. It, it takes a lot of time. takes a lot of money. I mean, if you just look at it from strictly the economic perspective, you're like, this totally doesn't make sense. You know, like I said, it take, it cost me a thousand dollars just to go to Idaho and try. And wow. you know, there's no guarantee you're going to get one. Yeah. And then you start thinking about the fuel and the time, like, okay, if missing I missing work. Yeah, yeah, totally. So wow. economically it usually doesn't make sense. But like you said, the whole other factor of, hey, it's way better to eat this stuff for my own health. It's way better to, you know, take this business away from that industry. And, uh, you know, it's just nicer to the animals in general. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of people, you know, I don't have to tell you, you've probably heard it on Rogan a million times where he's like, yeah, you know, if if you shoot a, an animal in the woods, you know, it dies instantly. And, you know, they're, they're all going to get eaten by wolves and whatever eventually when they get old. Yeah. And, um, yeah, instead of propping up the, the factory farming. so I don't know. Well, yeah, I've been the factory farming and getting ter- torn apart by predators. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, you know, nature could take its right. course all at once, but yeah, yeah, I think if I had the choice. Right, yeah. and wow. yeah, in reality, that's, that's what happens to the older animals. I mean, they will, yeah. and those are the ones that we're trying to harvest anyways. You know, most people don't go out there and they're like, definitely shooting a forky this year i'm gonna pass up all the big bucks i'm gonna shoot a forky like <laughs> you some, had your opportunity right sometimes it has yeah and sometimes it happens like yeah my first year that i shot was a forky and you know like a forky's like with a young elk uh, a young young deer typically oh. um what the fuck have i never heard these things before <laughs> someone uh, told me a uh uh I, I i made a joke i was like you know what a cult is right carl it's a baby uh horse and he's like yeah or it's a fault and i was like the fuck is a fault and a he's like fault. a female cult i was oh. like is that a thing and he's like yeah i think so. guy's not terribly <laughs> smart so he might have been mistaken okay, i was like I, Shit, I thought that that was one too. more thing i learned uh, so don't pass that on mm. never heard that one no that would be news to me but you I don't know nothing. a plural for moose either so yeah that's true yeah we're, i don't know much about horses in general <laughs> I, I got nothing what the fuck why does everyone hate horses around here oh they're awful all right what, okay yeah. all right why I mean, I look at them and I'm like, those things are kind of gross and they're, and they're, they, they fuck up everything. Yeah. So they shit all over right. the new properties. And- yep. So the big reason that at least like the hunting demographic like me does not like horses is they're non-native species, which. Really? Yes. I did not know that. I mean. There's so many of them, you'd figure that they were. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they, they were actually introduced by the Europeans, um, and you would think like given, you know, like all the old Western shows and like just kind of the image that we have of Native Americans all riding around on horses that they would be Native. Well, it's yeah. in fact not the case. Um, I know that there's like speculation that they actually did evolve in North America and then they died off in North America. But I have that, heard that. that goes back into, yeah. you know, that's kind of getting in the weeds. Yeah. The fact of the matter is in modern history, they're non-Native to North America. So interesting. Um Anyways, a lot of hunters don't like horses because the population has boomed where there used to be none, and they will go like take over a water hole and pound it into the ground and poop it in its stuff and pee all over the place. And the same argument can be made for cattle. Hunters don't like cattle either, but at least there's, you know, people making money on them, whatever. Like it's yeah. an industry in and of itself. But horses on the other hand yeah exactly horses on the other hand are just kind of an unchecked population that are federally protected so you know you can't hunt them you can't kill them all they do is just continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and they ruin habitat and compete with these other animals like deer and elk and obviously there's you know we have a vested interest in keeping deer and elk around as hunters because we like to recreate but at the same time you know, we want to sustain the habitat that has already been here. And horses are just totally working against everything that everybody likes about the outdoors. Like, if you like deer, you shouldn't like the fact that we have wild horses that are competing for that habitat. Yeah, um, I was always interested in stuff yeah, like that. So that, that's basically the reason. I don't I don't have a lot of, you know, specific facts and figures or that's anything. That's pretty but. good for me. I mean, I kind of figured it was like a nuisance issue. I had no idea that there was like a hunter, like, yeah. you know, 
perspective on the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, if if you if you were to watch like deer and elk, they don't poop where they drink. Horses and cattle do, and oftentimes it'll push deer out of the area. Like I've I've literally watched deer on a hill and they're happy, they're eating whatever, and then you see this herd of cattle start coming in, and the deer are like, oh fucking, they gotta stand up, <laughs> take off, leave These the area. Fucking guys. Yeah. And so I don't know, man. Like it's kind of a bum deal that we've got ourselves in the situation where horses are totally protected and you know they're totally majestic and everybody loves horses and don't get me wrong horses are great they they probably have a place here but we should have some way of regulating this population yeah i i would think that like some branch of i guess it'd be fishing game or yeah i mean would get involved in something like who regulates like you know like okay we need to start you know who controls like population stuff the department of wildlife okay Mm -hmm. you'd figure the department of wildlife would right and they i mean how long has it been this way I mean, it's just growing into a bigger and bigger problem every year because yeah. the population just continues to grow. But so it's but so like every day is like a a new like holy shit. There's more horses today yeah. than there were yesterday. So it's <laughs> like always. That's my understanding. So it's ever yeah. growing. Yeah, and I could be totally wrong because, like I said, I'm not I'm not out researching this. This is just my yeah. my individual perspective. Yeah. But um, yeah, and, and I know that there's some efforts made. Like, I don't know if you've ever been heading out to Pyramid. There's a horse corral that the BLM runs on the right-hand side. I have not seen it, but I've heard a lot of people tell oh, me about okay. it. Like, I've been up there a dozen times. I've never there, seen that. Yeah, there haven't been a lot of horses in there lately, but I remember a couple of years ago, it was, like, freaking loaded. And I know that is from Roundup efforts, but the Department of Wildlife is already so overtaxed, like... You know, you talk to a game warden, and they're like, yeah, I'm the only game warden around for 100 square miles. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, well, you know, you do the math, and you're like, you're supposed to control all of this area, like all these people doing Yeah, hunting without wrongdoing. permits, yeah. Yeah, so and I just imagine that that could be extrapolated to other parts of the agency. I just, I just can't imagine that they have enough people out there working on these horse population issues. Yeah, so, it's, I mean, yeah, I, and, I guess to a lot of people, they don't give a shit. Right, like who, right. who well, would care if it doesn't like? I mean, for a guy like me, I drive by, I see horses on the side of the right. road, I'm like, oh, cool, and you know, mm-hmm. that's it. And then yeah, um, totally. So yeah, but I but I've heard a lot of people like fucking horses, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, what is it yeah. with you and horses? And nobody's really ever given me like a straight answer. I guess maybe I haven't really like put anyone in my podcast room and, <laughs> and asked them about no, horses, fair. but that's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're, no, you're they, onto something. Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> that basically uh, sums it up. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I've always been interested in that because uh, I, yeah, I, I when I see them on job sites and stuff, you know, out in the hills, and um, they're all ratty looking, and I'm like, I wonder if people hate them because they're like diseased or something. Or like, or <laughs> they, they could be. I don't know. I, they don't look very healthy. They they right. look. They're all all their ribs are showing and right. Um, yeah, I would. I don't know, man. That's so crazy. Uh, but it's funny you were saying about like one. Uh, game warden to like a certain area we were me and me and Kyle were uh, um, going by the marina we were walking from um, the casino western village yeah to the other side of the marina which for those of you who don't know is a big walking area with a big old water area in the middle little recreation I actually saw like jet ski races in there have you ever seen that Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah, Yeah, I know they do, like, a wakeboarding competition there. Oh, they do? Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like, they obviously close down the whole thing. Yeah. You can't just... The average person can't just go take their stuff out there. It was was pretty small. You'd have a lot of collisions, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, a lot of paddle boards probably wouldn't uh, (laughs) appreciate that. Uh, But anyway, so we were walking, and uh, when we came back, there was, like, a bunch of guys out there fishing, and there was Uh game wardens out there checking licenses. And Kyle looks at me and he goes, can you imagine like doing all that work, becoming a fish game or a fishing game guy <laughs> and then handing out fucking tickets at the, at the marina? At the marina? <laughs> it's like, like, come yeah. on, man. I didn't, I, I just kind of looked. I was like, oh, that sucks. Those guys are getting a ticket. And then right. he said that to me. I was like, yeah, damn, man. Sometimes it just takes like a little, you know, like, right. hey, look at it this way. It's like, oh, man, that would suck. Right. You know, especially when all this other shit's going on, people doing some really bad things or, you know, break just breaking the law and not doing like I'm sure you do a lot of stuff that's like. You know, you do a lot of preparation to make sure you're in compliance yeah, totally. and, and everything. And that's, I mean, I could, I'm not, you know, I'm not a censor or anything. I don't, you know, if someone's breaking the law, I'm not going to, you know, call the cops on you. But like, if I go through the effort of trying to do things right and I see right. someone else not doing it, that's what pisses me off. Yeah, absolutely. So, and yeah. yeah, I mean, they, these laws are in place for a reason. Like yeah. the management system's in place for a reason. And 
actually Nevada has one of the most robust game management systems in the West. Like we're looked at as like one of the most premier elk hunting states because we actually do such a good job managing it. So wow, um, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you definitely want to see people following the rules and you know, yeah, doing a good job. Yeah, sustaining the wildlife here because you know we all have a interest in keeping it good. Yeah, at some point I'll get out there and I'll find that interest too. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, what would be like a out. good starter? Uh, definitely Rabbits. rifle hunting deer. <laughs> like you got to go through hunter safety. There's a process to get started. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, nowadays it's actually easier than ever because with COVID they've moved everything to online. Oh. So you do your hunter safety program online and take you know, advantage of that. Huh? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you should, you, you should still take it seriously because there's good information, but yeah. you know, being like, a competent adult like most of it's pretty common sense besides like you know the specific facts like, uh-huh. hey, here's this season here's this regulation but you know it's like don't point your gun at your friends on accident try not to keep around in the chamber like can't have around in the chamber when you're driving around keep the safety on like mostly it's common sense don't but, bring dick cheney with yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that right yeah okay. yeah, yeah. Quail, quail hunting <laughs> yeah yeah it's freaking quail hunting it's dangerous man yeah man you gotta be careful um but no that'd be a good place to start if you're really in interested in it and then like what what kind of just just take like take hunter safety because then you can get a hunting license okay um and And then then, the door is kind of open how often do you have to renew a hunter license hunting license annually so So annually you get a new hunting license a year yeah yeah, (laughs) a year (laughs) an inside joke sorry guys Um, (laughs) kyle's laughing yeah so you get it every year and uh i don't remember the cost like 150 bucks or something like that but then you can apply for different animals so um you know from there you're like okay i I know i want to hunt deer you're like okay i want to hunt deer here and then you're like okay i want to hunt deer here with a rifle and then you could say i want to hunt deer here with a bow as my second choice and then you're like you get five choices when you apply for each species so like then you pick your you pick your five places you're like okay my number one choice is peavine and my number two choice is you know area 051 which is north of Winnemucca which is like where I like to hunt and then my number two choice is you know wherever three four five yeah and if you wanted to put in for elk you'd do the same thing antelope etc so you can hunt pretty good game up here on peavine yeah there's nice deer your your chances of actually getting a tag are extremely low oh yeah I guess that's kind of short pickup right away I want to say when I looked this last year is like even for an archery tag it was like a don't don't quote me on this anyone is like a one in 15 it's not very likely yeah not very likely yeah um but yeah i mean if you if you ever really were interested like we just got a um a bird dog this year and so i'm going to be planning on doing a lot of bird hunting and like that's that's a nice easy place to start because like you know you you just go bird hunting it's easy like you don't have to wake up super early you don't have to you're not going to get a lot of food from it (laughs) (laughs) well no yeah that's uh i've um uh, when I was living in uh, the Central Valley in California, a couple of my neighbors would go uh, bird hunting like every other weekend, and they'd yeah. leave in the morning and come back early afternoon with you know a dozen birds. It's like, how easy is that? I was like, oh, it's just you know it's an hour <laughs> drive away, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. And I I think like getting the whole process of like actually like treating the animal, you know, sure. after yeah. you get it, like pulling the you know whatever you shot into them out, plucking them for birds. Um, skinning them or do whatever you got. I don't know how to do any of that shit. So it's, and it fucking grosses me out. So I want to like get over that fear, you know, it's just something I, I do want to tackle at some point in my life. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, birds would probably be a good spot to, yeah, to a, start up. When, it's when an I, easy spot to start. When I think about doing this, it's like, well, I want to do this for these reasons, you know, like sure. for the ones I, I, I mentioned. And then I'm like, well, if I really want to do it and like really be organic about it, I should probably do it with a bow. And it's like, I think. See, everybody thinks that, but that's do they? like, yeah. I've talked to a lot of people who are like, I would really love to get into hunting, but I want to do it with a bow. And I'm like, I have no delusions how easy it'd be. I'm I like, think the joke is yeah. that I want to do bow hunting. That's it's a joke to me. Like, it's, I would love to, but dude, yeah, to right. Me, to me, it's way like it's a way more intimate experience with nature. Like bow hunting is. Don't get me wrong. I started rifle hunting and I love it. And I actually uh-huh. have a rifle tag this year for Idaho. Okay. Um, so like, I still love it, but bow hunting is to me like far and above a way more like holistic experience. So like, I totally agree. But for anyone starting out, you should totally. Oh yeah. No, I wouldn't. I would just go like <laughs> yeah. pick up a bow. start doing right. target practice. Yeah. There's, there's so much more 
there's so much to it and you can really learn the fundamentals with a rifle like you know you get out there you you learn how to find the animals you learn how to hike you learn how to um you know navigate the terrain you learn how to read the wind you learn you learn their behavior you can learn all that with a rifle and then when you're feeling confident you're like i'm ready if i can take this step up then you can use a bow and then typically i want to say that the normal bow hunting success rate is like one in seven so wow so for every seven bow hunters at least in nevada don't quote me on this again because i i want to say this is like just a rough estimate number but yeah it's it's typically only one person will be successful out of seven shit and rifle hunting is higher but i don't know i I do i do appreciate that it is probably way harder to do and when i say that it's like that's the level that right i have the goal you know set totally but it's like i know it's off in the distance and i know there's obviously a lot to do i mean i don't even have camo pants so yeah, yeah that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> so uh yeah no it does 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 sound pretty fun and i have always had like an interest in doing it and um for a lot of different reasons so so yeah yeah well that's it yeah you gotta take me one time <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> when you go good. bird hunting we'll have to we'll have to hook that up and do that yeah that's a that's an easy place to start yeah where is that like you somewhere close like yeah, wherever the you marina. want. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, the marina. Just bring your shotgun. Yeah. Um, no, so you can go pretty much wherever you want bird hunting. You don't have to, like, apply for a unit like you do with oh, big game. Okay. So you buy your – included in your hunting license here in Nevada is your Upland Game – it used to be actually a separate stamp that you would get, but it's I think it's still called Upland Game Stamp. But anyways, it's all included with your actual license. So you buy okay. your, buy your hunting slash fishing license, and you're allowed to hunt um, upland game bird with that. And I think you can hunt rabbits and whatever else, but, um, yeah, anyways, you can go wherever you want. So like, you know, you can go north of Winnemucca to the deer area that I like. You can go to Peavine. There's a couple spots. You can go what by kind Pyramid of, Lake. What like kind of birds? Chucker is usually what I hunt. Um, but like, you know, waterfowl, you can do that or quail, whatever. What, what, what's like the best eaten? Not chucker. Not ch- really. <laughs> Chucker's good, but um, yeah, it's not the best. Uh, doves, <laughs> doves, a lot good. of them. Or? Quail's pretty good. Doves good. Yeah, yeah. Really? Doves actually really good. Huh. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, the season's short for it. I don't typically do a lot of dove hunting, but yeah, it's pretty good. And uh, always, obviously, the duck. Yeah. I don't know. I've never hunted ducks. So <laughs> really? Yeah. I would like to. That I the dog we got to poodle point. Yeah, I was gonna say. Don't yeah. you have a okay? And. Uh, Poodle pointers are typically pretty good for waterfowl, so I'm going to give it a shot this year. Did you do, like, the whole training thing with this one? Yeah, still in progress. He's okay. He's only, like, six months old now. It's He's just under six months. You checked your watch. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a calendar he, well, on he's, he was born on the 15th of uh, November. Oh, so. okay, so he's almost. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Wow. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Right, what happened with that last dog that you had? Did you just give him back, or? Yeah, I ended up. God, you don't know the you don't know the Ben story. Oh, that poor guy. Yeah, the the short of it is, is Ben was the dog. Right? Yeah, the okay. dog. Yeah. So the short of it is, is, I took him to training. You know, it was like told him about his behavior issues, and for everyone listening, I adopted him at a year old. He had some pretty severe behavior issues. Well, and, going uh, into it, you you knew about that? No. Oh, you didn't. So okay. no, I, I was. You were, yeah. you were saying I thought. Okay, yeah. So sorry. I adopted him when he was a year old, and he he, he was yeah. like ninety five percent awesome. And then he would do this thing where like you'd go to scooch him over on the couch at night. Like if it, if he thought it was his space, he would like most of the time he would be fine, and he'd be like, oh cool, like I'll just cuddle with you, or oh, I'll just get up and you know go do my own thing. But then like that five percent of the time he would totally freak out, get into like I'm gonna kill you mode. His pupils would constrict it was like it was really scary it was like total fight or flight mode so he did that a couple times never had like a legitimate bite or anything but at the time i was living with roommates and it was just kind of a bad deal yeah so i took him to training dropped him off um spent a bunch of money and he was there for like three and a half months it's normally a two and a half month program Um, like boot camp style yeah like you don't see the dog the whole time oh wow uh, they told me they're like we've been in business for a long time and we can count oops i just bumped your camera that's all right Um, i look that way uh so they're like we can count uh, on one hand how many dogs we haven't been able to fix and he's one of them um so they're like they recommended yeah they're like they're like it really sucks but we recommend that you're gonna put this like you put this dog down well i couldn't bring myself to do that because i love this dog right yeah so 
at the time I was moving into the new place anyways, I'm like, well, maybe this will be a, a better spot for him. And, uh, we by, had, by yourself, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Without the roommates. Okay. Um, and so my girlfriend had a couple close calls with him still. And then he like full on bit my brother's hand just when he was like reaching oh, for, right. yeah, he just was like reaching for his phone on the couch and he just, you know, he got into his crazy attack mode. To so. like draw blood? No, but it was, he probably would have, like, it looked like a hard bite. Yeah. And fortunately Cade was able to get out of there pretty quick. Um, but yeah, it was, Yikes. it was just kind of a, a bad deal. So I anyways, I shit out of him. Huh? Yeah. I put it up on a Facebook rescue group and, um, this guy contacted me from Texas. He's like a super cool purple heart recipient. Like didn't like, didn't like a whole lot of people. And he's like, I just, I want to, I want it to be me and the dog. And like, we just do our own thing. I'm not trying to be around a bunch of people. And I shot, I want to say he shot like 600 birds in one year. Like he's like, oh, this wow. is how, like, he's like, this is how passionate I am about birds. That's birding. what he does. And it's a little different in Texas. Like, I think you can do it all year round. Um, whereas here in Nevada, you have a pretty short season. So I'm like, sweet, oh, this is perfect okay. for this dog. Cause he is not going to be around a bunch of people and he's going to be hunting birds all the time. And, you know, hopefully it's a happily ever after situation down yeah. there, but I'm, I haven't kept in contact with him cause I know that he's a biter and I'm just scared to hear one day that he put him down. It really wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So anyways, that's I keep thinking that, uh, he got, you know, yeah, I, constant I hope, outdoor time. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I, I, I sincerely hope everything all is good. And I, yeah, sure I mean, I told the guy, I'm like, Hey man, come stay at the house. He stayed at the house with me for like three days. I'm like, stay at the house with me for like three days. I want to make sure you know what you're getting into. So did he see the dog act out? No, he did not. But he was fully aware of the problem. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> He's fine. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> yeah, good luck. You should, like, drug him for three days. <laughs> He's fine. No, it was a sad deal, man. I, I really yeah, that's that too dog, bad. Yeah, anyway, so now we've got a pup that we're raising from He's the ground up. A year old now? Oh, no, Our six dog is months. six months. And yeah. how long have you had him since he was born? Or uh, Eight weeks. Eight weeks, yeah. okay. Yeah. Where'd you get him? From Bend, Oregon. Did you, do you actually, like, go up there mm-hmm. and, like, hand pick a... No, you didn't hand pick them. So the poodle pointer breeders are all pretty particular in who they give their dogs to. So it's actually kind of like like you have to call them all the time. You're like, hey, remember me? I'm calling down in Reno. Like, I still want one of your dogs. Like, they're very serious about who they give their dogs to. Like, wow. Like, we looked up this dog's entire, like, family lineage. It's all online. It's all, like, it's all legit through this website called NAVDA. It's actually super cool because it, like, there's a testing program. So these dogs get graded on their hunting performance and then like you're like okay it's got a prize one natural ability and a i forget how they rank them i think only one of them is called prize one but anyways like top score natural ability and like top score utility tests those are the two different forms okay um and so the natural ability has to occur under a year old and then the utility test is like a more advanced test after that so anyways they test all these dogs so you're like the dad's a stud. The mom did a great job. Like grandparents were super awesome. And you see who all these dogs are. So you know that there's no inbreeding going on and all this. And you can like, you can click all the way back to like whenever you want, whenever they started like actually recording this stuff, which was like about a hundred years ago with these poodle pointers. Really? Yeah. So holy shit. Um, the, the testing process is a little bit newer, so you don't actually get the test results past about, I don't know, five generations. But um, yeah, long story short, like, you know, we looked up these dogs, we got pictures of the dogs, we got, we're like, okay, we, these dogs have bred before, you know, we're really excited about the natural ability test of, you know, his brother and yeah. this and that. And so anyways, we picked him out that way. Um, and then the breeder's like, okay, well, what I like to do is look at the dogs as their personality develops and match them up with each of these clients that I've picked out. So like, we prioritize, we're like, we want them to be mellow at home. And if we have to sacrifice a little bit of performance in the field that's okay and mm-hmm. so basically the breeder was like okay cool we've got one picked out for you and did they meet you first or just talk to you on the phone just talk to us on the okay. phone. okay yeah so just kind of get your wants and needs and yep go from there yeah wow yeah. but it's quite mean, a process yeah we we talked to him for quite a while you know they they really want to make sure they get to know you and they have a lot yeah. of people like you know putting in for the dog kind of thing so they actually there is like some form of a selection process it's kind of a weird deal had no idea it was going to be like that going into it. Yeah, I can imagine. But if yeah, you've never done it before. He's he's a cool dog. I had a very similar experience with my dog. <laughs> I got put in a in a hat. Uh, for uh, did you ever meet Carmine? No, 
No, no, I've heard a lot about Carmine. Yeah, he's up here somewhere. Where's he at? Right there. That's him. Nice. That's him right there. Um, I was, I think I was 20 years old, maybe 21, something like that. Um, and I, I was living with my sister and her husband at the time, and they ended up splitting up, so... She moved out. He was moving out. I was by myself. Uh, my sister was still paying rent, but she was living back at home. So I was, you know, doing okay, but I was all by myself. I didn't have a girlfriend. So I was like, right. you know what? I kind of want to get a dog. And uh, I've always been a pit bull guy. I've, you know, always had pit bulls and Doberman pinchers were kind of, yeah. kind of, and I don't hunt or anything like that. So I didn't need anything specific, no, just one, yeah. one to love on. Right. And uh, so actually, my sister um, found, oh, he's right there too, bottom right. Oh, oh nice. and the, and right next to it. At a Giants game. <laughs> um, he, uh, my sister said, hey, I, I found uh, uh, what appears to be a, a purebred on, uh, who knows, right, um, on Craigslist, and it's free to a good home. You should hit her up. So she sends me the link, and I was like, oh, cool. So I um, I can't remember what I texted or emailed or something, but um, got a hold of this lady who found him walking the streets and picked him up, put up signs. Nobody ever said anything and she's like i know they, and they they uh live i think she was in uh alameda which there's kill centers all over the place you take a pit bull and they're, they're not gonna make it past a day they just in one deer door and out the other um because they oh, get so they just get so many of them that people breed the shit out of them try to fight them if they don't make it they just throw them in the street huh. or use them as feeder dogs for the the ones that are killing yeah it's a fucking brutal deal what, what some of those dogs go through uh, you see it in their eyes, man. When you Kona, when she when she's loving on you, you, you see it. It's she's very happy to be where she's at. <laughs> she has no idea what could have been, you sure. know. But they, there's an appreciation that it's kind of unspoken, huh. and uh, it's because they 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 go through some really bad shit. Some of them. You heard Dang. about the whole Michael Vick thing? Yeah, like, of course. Yeah, it's right. like I mean, tip of the iceberg on what some of these guys do to their dogs. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, so she found this dog. Um, she says, okay, well, if you want to come down and meet him. Uh, you know, come down. We'll we'll figure out a time. So, me and my buddy James, um, who doesn't listen to the show, uh, <laughs> hop to my three seater truck and drive to Alameda, and uh, we go meet this dog. And the dog that I met that day, he was like, I think he was like three or four months old, and he was super chill, super mellow. I was like, oh, he's just you know just kind of feeling things he was like that in his entire life like he didn't change from the day i met him to the day nice. he died he was the same exact dog um I, I remember when he started getting older uh people were like oh my god carmen's getting so old and i'm like dude he's been like this forever like he's always <laughs> been quiet and and slow and just lethargic and everything he does uh dainty eater just you know the whole nine and uh, uh so anyway so we we i'm like i'm you know playing with him and stuff and uh um I, I, I love them. Like, I'd love to take them home. And she goes, okay, well, um, I got a couple other people coming to, uh, coming to look like, at them. What do you mean? Like, Fuck man. Like really? She goes, yeah. I go, okay, well, you know, you got my number, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if they don't work out, let me know. So I get like two exits down the highway and she calls me and says, Hey, I drew your name out of a hat. You can come get them. So I, I put in wow. for them and they pick me. So, so I turn around and we go get them. And, uh, like I said, it's me and my buddy in the car and, uh, we, he hops up in the cab of the truck and he sits shotgun and he just sits there. And my buddy James is like, go on, get gigs. We're trying to push him in in the middle. And I'm like, I don't know if you want to be pushing on him like that, dude. It's like a stray pit bull that yeah. we don't know anything about. Like, you like, might want to sit in the middle, James. He, he rode in the middle all, awesome. the, all the way back to, it's a, you know, 25 minute ride back to Livermore. And yeah, it was me, James in the middle and Carmine oh, with his head sweet. on the windowsill. And, uh, should have took the long way. Like everybody's looking at you. Like what do you guys got going on in there? Yeah. But that's how I got him. Oh, that's uh, cool. But yeah, picked him out of a kind of a lottery thing. So, huh, nice. yeah, it was meant to be. So, yeah, so that's my dog story. <laughs> Have you taken your dog out doing anything yet? or No, I mean, not hunting yet or anything. The The season's over. It closes in, like, early February. Okay. So we just, you know. And he's specifically training. for, like, birds? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they breed him as hunting dogs. The poodle pointers are, like, some of the softer hunting dogs. Like, my, the, my last dog was a German wire hair, and he was like super high energy like they're renowned great hunters yeah and poodle pointers like can be renowned great hunters but they're really more of like a family dog oh so okay his so temperament kind of best yeah. of both worlds yeah his temperament is like pretty mellow 
Oh, cool. Yeah. So he's around the house hanging out and stuff. Yeah, totally. Not yeah. biting people. He's yeah, not biting people. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty pissed right now because he hurt his back leg like, oh, I guess about two weeks ago now. And we like we took him to the vet and stuff, and then he's fine. You know, like, he, it's not broken or anything, but they're like, yeah, it's pretty swollen. Like, you know, give Just him some anti-inflammatories. Of <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're like he's five and a half month old. Yeah, man. good luck. <laughs> he is like so mad. Cause oh, because you're like him not do taking anything. him doing. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we just, just started, like, walking him on his little gentle leader, which is, like, a leash that goes around his muzzle. And so, uh-huh. like, he'll go to pull, and he's, like, pulls his head this way or this way. And yeah. Like, he freaking hates it. But, yeah, poor guy's got to stay off of that leg. Yeah, I guess so. We have one of those for Kona, and it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. just a maniac. Uh-huh. Every couple steps, he, like, stops. He's, like, trying to get it off his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, scrape their so face stupid. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just start using that to try to keep him from uh, from hurting himself? Or yeah, we we actually had it for our last dog because he was a big time puller on the leash. Okay, and we're like, you know, it's just kind of something to try. Yeah, but yeah, it's worked as a great tool for this one. So yeah, yeah, it okay. reduces Kona probably fifty percent of her pulling. Oh, yeah, so it totally helps. Believe it. it absolutely yeah. helps, but she's still like, she tries <laughs> to lead, and so it, it depends on like I'll take her. Out. I've been actually hiking a lot up uh, Ruby Ridge right here. It's just in oh, between okay. us and Sprouts. Gotcha. Um, and I'll take her up there, and when we're on our way back, she's, like, just walking right beside me, so I don't really have to <laughs> worry nice. about, yeah. So, but it's all energy with them. You just got to give them something to do. Yeah, so. exactly. Love those dogs, man. They're good companions. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. So, well, well I mean, you want to wrap this up? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, dude. Yeah, I really appreciate thanks, it. We'll have to do a, uh, a second one, and, uh, um, yeah. All right. Been a long time coming. Thank you very much for coming in, dude. No, thanks for having me. All right, dude.